This episode of After the Whistle contains profanity. Listener discretion advised. Please enjoy. All right, welcome in on this glorious Monday morning to After the Whistle, episode nine. You know what I did last week, Craig? You know what I did? I said episode 91, and it was episode 92. Okay. So, we all make mistakes. So if people listen to Mighty Mouse episode 92, they might have been confused because they click on 92, and I say episode 91. That's an Andrewism. So we'll just you know allow that to slide. That's just a that's just a brain fart at the start of the show. I mean, it's like it's you know it's you know what that is, Craig. And you have them, man. I'll tell that's you, that's an attention to detail. <laughs> hey, yep. like anyway, I wouldn't say I have them all the time. Although I I did. Oh man, I correct myself all the time. I guess. So anyway, my apologies. This is so episode, what episode is it? It's ninety three with. Okay. Uh, you, me, and Elliot Freeman will join us in a little give bit. Give me, uh, give me a player in the National Hockey League that's number ninety-three. Go. Currently, yep. This is this. Uh, well, what's his name from Calgary? Was currently in the league, number ninety-three. Go. I don't know. I can't think of one off the top of my head, but I'm sure you there's not. Who is oh, it? Man. I don't want to play this game right now. I'm not even Jake joking. The, Jake the Snake Vorchek. Is he not oh. number 93 in uh, Columbus? Is he not number 93? I don't know. If he's not, I hope he's not now, to be quite honest with you. Yeah. He, I think he was in Philadelphia. I don't know why he wouldn't be. It's not like 93 is a popular number. It isn't. That's why I said that. I was actually thinking when you said number uh, episode number 93, I'm thinking to myself, who's number 93 in the league? Who's and I'm, the greatest I'm, 93 ever? Couple of pops. Send that out in a Twitter poll. We need help here. Who's I got one. I got. I got one. Who? Well, I have two, and in no particular order. The first one that popped into my mind was Peter Nedved. Peter Nedved, good one. Pretty sure he wore ninety three. Pretty sure, yep. And obviously, Killer Gilmore, Doug Gilmore oh, in Toronto. My lord, he's yeah, hands down. Yeah. I know he was 39 in other places. Like when he was in Calgary, he was number 39. Do you know where he started his career? Calgary. I'm, I know he played in Calgary. He won a cup in Calgary in 1988, if I'm not. 88, 89? 87, 88? I don't know. I think it's 89 that he won the cup, but. Uh, okay. Well, I'm going to tell you right now. But anyway, so he's the. He, to me, it would be the greatest. Yes, I was. I was going to say St. Louis Blues. He started in St. Louis Blues. He started with the St. Louis Blues. Did you know okay. that? Do you, um, know, do you know what round he was drafted? I'm gonna say like I'm gonna go. He was super small. Like I mean, off the chart small. Uh, I played with Dougie in Montreal, so. Um, got to know him a little bit there, but uh, I think he was. I'm going to go with a fifth rounder. Seventh. Seventh. Holy. Wow. To St. Louis. And uh, played one, two, three, four, five years in St. Louis before he even went to Calgary. And he did in 88, 89 win the cup. Then he, be, then he became an iconic Maple Leaf. 
iconic. So anyway, 93, Doug Gilmore, Peter Nedved. Is that the only, are those the only ones? Did Jeff O'Neill wear night? No, he's 92, right? 92. 90, yep. 92. Uh, okay. All right. So Elliot's coming up and uh, we'll have a good conversation with him for sure. Yep. Um, Friday what'd you night. Think, what'd you think of um, the, the, the player uh, clean out? Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to get in there. I'm, I was just thinking about something else I wanted to mention to you because Friday night you were at the game. I know that, but before that I need to just say something. Cause Saturday night I went, I was trying to think if it was Friday or Saturday that I was at the bandits game Saturday night. I went to the bandits game. Okay. Okay. Went to the old seven one six. Well, I can't remember what it's called right now. It's a, a Southern tier bird tier. There you go. Well done. Um, it's my brother's birthday. Happy 44th, belated. Took my son to the bathroom. There's a guy in there going to the bathroom, whatever. My little guy goes to the bathroom. We're washing our hands. This guy goes to leave and he turns around. What does he say? Love the podcast. Okay. Yep. I went to the Bandits game the other night and I cannot tell you if how many people, but thank you for stopping and saying hello and how much you love the podcast. Cause there are people out there in bandit land, by the way, bandits are going to the playoffs, but bandit land listens to after the whistle. I can't tell you how many people in my section said like when they saw said, Oh, love the podcast. Love you. And Riven the podcast, love the podcast, love the podcast. So anyway, thank you to all of you. But the guy in the bathroom, I specifically asked his name. I'm like, Hey, what's your name? Thanks for saying hello. It was after we washed our hands too. And his name is Dan. So, Dan, thanks for listening. Well done, Dan. Well done, Dan. Sorry to take you down. Well, I'll tell you this. I was at the game. I was at the last game. RJ night. RJ's last night. And uh, the building was packed. It was electric. And I'm happy. I'm happy for RJ because he's like truly a legend. And and nothing we're going to say on this podcast is even going to come close to doing him any justice whatsoever in what he's done in his career. The guy is, is a complete and utter legend in, in, in how important he is to the Buffalo Sabres and the organization. And, uh, uh, it was nice of uh, Malcolm Subban to steal his thunder though. Holy shit. Oh my God. Holy Are you kidding shit, me Malcolm right now? Subban, by the way, sign him. Like, you know, what would be amazing. Sign him to a contract. And he comes back and plays next year for this team, which would not be a bad idea with the injury to UPL. But He's if he signing, comes back, we're going to sign him to a contract. And he goes, he goes it. from the crease in his gear to sing the national anthem and then back to the crease, puts his gear on and plays the game. Now, that would be an iconic. That's like Jackie Moon playing, going in and doing his own announcement. And then it would be unbelievable. Unbelievable. I mean, that would be a dream come true if I could ever see anything in the NHL. It would be see Malcolm Subban. When's the it last is, time you've ever seen that? I don't know when's, that I've ever when's seen When's the that. last time? Yeah, I was talking to the guys at, at the game, and I was asking them, when's the last time you've ever seen a professional athlete sing the national anthem in any sport? I don't, I'm sure it's been done. I'm sure it's been done. Well, anybody who's listening, we can do our own research on that. We don't, I mean, if they want to go search, that's great. But okay. did you, you did see the guys, job. did you see the guys on the bench? 
Yeah, they were howling. They were loving it. Yeah. Both you teams. Can just, well, he played tell. for Chicago, so he knows a bunch of those guys. He knows all those guys. And you can tell that in order to be even allowed to do that, there's got to be a great environment. And, he, and, and you know what's awesome about this, talking about environment? Like you and I, when we were doing our other show, you know, spoke for, for years, okay? We spoke for years and years um, about, you know, chemistry. And people don't understand chemistry. People that, you know, they think it's that word that it's like, hey, guys get a little, get along in the room and, you know, they talk to each other. No, that's not it. Chemistry and building the environment, which is what we have talked about. We've talked about this so long for many, many years. Talk about the environment that needs to be built with Jack Eichel, Sam Reinhart, Rasmus Ristolainen. These were the key guys for years and years and years. And why wasn't it built? Why wasn't the camaraderie built? Like these guys had a losing season. From the start of this season, you had some guys go through some growing pains, okay? You have Rasmus Dahlin, you have Henry Yoki Haru, you have Matias Samuelson, who's not even on the team, he's in the minors. We had some injury issues. We had guys that weren't even here, Peyton Krebs and Alex Tuck. And the season didn't start as planned. And, it, and they, they work through it. Second half of the season comes in. You have Matias Samuelson come up, integrated into the group. You have, and, and, and by the way, Mike Weber, who is the defensive coach in the minors, I spoke with him about Matias Samuelson a, a year before. And he told me 100% he should be in the NHL when he was in the minors, he should be in the NHL. He's good enough to be in the NHL. But there's no need to rush, okay? And you just continue to move forward with, you know, the trade that's finally made. The last piece of getting rid of the black cloud, okay? Now, all of a sudden, this team brings in a top-end right-winger, in Alex Tuck. He's a 24-year-old guy. He's had success in the league. And he's basically telling everybody in Saberland how happy he is to be a Saber. That oh, hey. I can't believe how excited I am to be a Saber. And everyone's like, what? You don't think, listen, I'm not saying that I don't buy what Peyton Krebs is saying, okay? No, 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 no. I'm not saying Krebs. I'm t- no, I'm no. I know who right? you're talking about. I'm oh, about okay. to Krebs yep. takes a guy like Tuck saying all those things, displaying all those things for all these other young guys to realize, holy shit, this guy came from Vegas. Look how excited he is to, to play for the Sabres. Right. You know what I'm sorry? You know what I'm trying to yep. say? Yep. He's he's watching veteran leadership in a in a player like Alex Tuck. Talk about the Buffalo Sabres. Talk about what it means to be a Buffalo Sabre. He grew up coming to these games with his father. There's something in his heart that he loves 
being in this city. He loves wearing the Sabres jersey. And you have younger players like Cousins, like Darlene, like Samuelson, like Power, like Krebs. You have all of these players that are looking at guys like Alex Tuck. They're looking at guys like Zemgus Gergensen and guys like Kyla Poso who have been here for a very long time. And they understand what it means to be a Buffalo Sabre. And, and when we're talking culture, when we're talking about building an environment, and we've talked about like that, I just said it before, Jack Eichel, Sam Reinhardt, Ristolainen, they tried to build it, but they couldn't because they didn't have the right demeanor mentally. They didn't have the right environment to continue to build something, even though that they were losing games. Okay. And, and I think that means a lot in this locker room. I listened to all of them. I listened to every single player and everyone, whether it's Rasmus Dahlin, you're just taking away. This is his fourth year in the league and he's only what? 21 years old, turned 22. I think he's just a kid. He's got so, so much more to give. And, but the maturity in Rasmus Dahlin is just incredible. He's come such a long way. You're going to have a, an Owen power. That's going to start to watch guys like Rasmus Dahlin. Okay. And the maturity in him and how to represent the Sabres. It's, it's just incredible. It, it's, it's, I was so pleased and so excited. Every single one of these players are so excited about what they've accomplished the second half of the year, the direction in which this team went. And now they're all leaving and they don't want to. And that's, that's a good sign. So I'm, yeah, I, uh, I hear all that. I hear all that. There were some other good comments too. Um, you know, like Kyle Oposo, Rick Martin award winner. It sounds like a lot of the, the guys looked up to him. You, you, you mentioned him is, and you, you've mentioned another couple things too, though. Um, captaincy for next year. Is it too soon to assume that it's, going to be either Tuck or Oposo. I assume one or the other. Do they even go with a C in your opinion? Hmm. It's an interesting one, and I, I think you can take away a lot. You can take away a lot from, from end-of-the-year meetings in the way that certain players speak and the professionalism and the maturity of, of certain players. I look at Rasmus Dahlin and, you know, how – you know, Don Granato spoke about Rasmus Dahlin and the maturity and how he was continuing to grow, not only as a player, but as a person. You see that Rasmus, those leadership qualities that he had years and years ago when he was playing against his own age group, he was considered a leader. Everybody looked up to Rasmus Dahlin. But there was a point in time there when he came in at 18 and 19 and 20, and he's learning the league and getting better. You can see Rasmus Dahlin is going to be taking a leadership role um, with, with this group moving forward. I think that Kyle Poso is probably the captain of this team. 
He is the captain. I think every player in the room, if they were to do a vote, would be voting Kyle Oposo as the captain of the Buffalo Sabres. That being said, on many, many, many teams, sometimes um, they look to have players almost guide the captain so they can move into a, a, a bigger role. I think Alex Tuck has been in the league long enough where if they were to name Alex Tuck captain, maybe they would. I don't know if they would, but there's, there's a lot of leaders on this team. I mean, you know, the, the maturity in Dylan cousins, he's still a young guy. He's only 21 years old. I mean, he has leadership qualities oozing out of his veins. It's do they want to pick that captain right now? Or do they want to wait maybe another year until someone really emerges? Like, I know Kyle Poso is, is probably the captain. Zemgus Gergensen is without question one of the leaders. But are they looking for a younger guy that's going to be captain of this team for a number of years? And I don't know if they found that guy yet in particular. Okay. I don't know if it's going to be Alex Tuck. I don't know if it's going to be maybe a uh, Dylan Cousins, maybe a Rasmus Dahlin. These are players that have emerged to becoming, you know, leaders on this team. Yeah. Well, did you hear what Gergensen had to say? I didn't. Gergensen had Gergensen said that every year I write down things that, you know, he didn't like about the season or, Things that, you know, I don't know if it was things that he needed to work on. I'm obviously paraphrasing here, but he basically said that this year he didn't have anything to, to write. He didn't have anything to say. You know, he said he loved it. He had a great year. He had a fun year. Uh, you know, the team's going in the right direction. And they're all saying the same thing. It's all back to what you say. It just, it, it sounds like, it sounds like everything is heading in the right direction. The question is, you know, how do they get it to continue the, with such a long gap, Riv? How do, they, how do they get it to the point where they can hold on to that momentum and carry it into next year? Like, what needs to be done? Are they going to stay in town and work out together? Because I remember back, you know, referencing the last dance here, I remember Michael Jordan and all the guys after they lost to the Pistons again, you know, they're like, screw it, we're done getting pushed around by the Pistons. And, you know, they all stayed in Chicago. They all trained together. It started right away. How do you keep the momentum? Like, what are you saying? I remember you gave a speech one at the end of the, the one year we played with each other. You, you, you were sitting in your corner. You were in the corner, right? Yeah. Yeah, you were sitting in the corner. You had your legs out. Your legs were crossed. And I sat across the room. And I remember you just talking about letting it sting letting it sink in, you know, be pissed off that you're not in the playoffs when you watch all these guys playing these exciting games. I remember you saying all that, yeah. you know, and I just, I, and then next year, I think you guys came back and made the playoffs. I left, but you guys came back and, and you made the playoffs the next year. But I mean, what, how do you keep the momentum? How do the Sabres keep the momentum going forward? Well, every, every player is going to be a little bit different. I think, um, so a lot of the players were asked if they're going to go to the Worlds, okay? So they asked Victor Olofsson, um, are you going to be playing for Sweden? And he said, not going to the Worlds, not going to go play in the World Championships. I think that right now his focus is healing his body, 
And on the other, on the other side of things, he doesn't have a contract. Okay. So I think he's going to take some time off. He's going to heal his body and start to get ready for, for the next season. Okay. Rasmus Dahlin will be playing for Sweden in, in the worlds. Henry Yoki Haru will be playing for Finland. Um, Alex Tuck, uh, Tage Thompson were asked. They were undecided. You know, Don Granado, I think, is going to be on the coaching staff. So that's that's a a, a big uh, a big key for for certain players. But it'll be interesting to see how many players from this team will have an opportunity to play at the Worlds. Matthias Samuelson is going down to the minors. Peyton Krebs is going down to the minors. We owe Rochester an apology, by the way. We ruled yes, them. we do. We ruled them out, but we'll get to that. We ruled them out. My, our apologies, official apologies to the Rochester yeah, Americans. Colossal collapse by those other teams. Like they, Rochester Americans had a, an extremely, extremely low percentage of making the playoffs. It was in the hands of two other teams. It's just mind-boggling how they dropped the ball that bad. But great on, great for Rochester. You know, great for uh, Casey Fitzgerald and Samuelson and Krebs to go down there and, and help that team, um, you know, win some games. UPL is hurt. Again. Again. Is that concerning to you? Well, we've talked about it in the past. We have talked about this in the past. So, yes. Yeah, I think there's a lot of stock riding on him. You know, you don't have Portillo coming out of college. You don't have Levi coming out of college. Who knows how healthy this guy can stay? Because, you know, the talk is next year, can he can he be here, you know, with Anderson and Anderson grooms him? But, I mean, I, you just can't trust his health. What and that's unfortunate. If, if, if Craig Anderson does not come back, you got to understand, Craig Anderson is 41 years old. He is living away from his family. He's got young kids that are not super young. Like they're, they're, you know, I, I think seven, eight ish, somewhere around there. Like, why, why would Craig Anderson want to play at the age of 42 for the Buffalo Sabres? And be away from his family. At some point in time, you just players make those decisions just to step away. And I, as much as Craig Anderson loved the environment, he loved being part of this team. It was a lot of fun. Is what's the what's like, is it realistic to think that he's going to come back and play? Is it realistic? Yes. You seem you seem like you doubt that. I doubt it. I doubt it because I've been in the same situation where you start to make decisions not for yourself for the first time in your entire life. You're making decisions because of your family. And um, like I, I, I had spoke to you before that at the age of th- 37, I had a contract offer to move from Buffalo and play for another team in the national hockey league. And I turned it down, but that's you. 
I turned it. I know that I, I and and I think there's a lot of players that are gonna that are in the same situation once they get to that certain age. Like he's he's 41. Well, why did he come back this year? Because he, did he think he was gonna get traded? Like, what was his reasoning for playing this year for uh, the league minimum? I'll get, like he he came back and played this year for the league minimum in Buffalo. Okay, maybe hoping that he would get dealt at the deadline. But I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna give you. I'm going to give you one reason why he comes back. Okay. Two reasons. Okay. Number one, his role on the team is crucial. He still has game. He still has game. That's two reasons. And number three, we've talked about the Sabre salary cap woes. Okay. And you got to spend some money. Give him a few four million bucks, just for give what he him, did this year. Give him a few four million bucks. Yeah, few is three, four is four. <laughs> that's that's why. I mean, you know, convince him to come back. You need him. Like, can you not tell me you don't need this guy? Can you honestly look me in the face right now and say you do not need Craig Anderson on this team next year? I don't need Craig Anderson on the team this next year. I do. What I need, I do, because I think he's one, one of your leadership player. guys. Well, he had. Well, did he not have number one number? Like I got to look him up. But he was playing like a number one. That was he the had talk seventeen about. wins and twelve losses. He had a very good season. He had a very good season on a team that you know struggled at the at the beginning of the year and 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 caught fire at the end of the year and started to play like a like a you know. Uh, I, I wouldn't say an elite team, but a, but a team that could, could play against anybody. I just, all I'm saying is if Craig Anderson comes back, fantastic. Cause he's going to be in a role where he's going to be a one, a one B goaltender. Um, he's most likely. And, and I just say, I mean, I've never seen a kid that's been injured so, so much. It's got to be That's worrisome. Extremely concerning. Yeah. So, you know, having him come back healthy, be ready for training camp, know that he's not the number one guy, but he has the opportunity with his play to be a number one guy. That should be that should be enough for Ukapeka Lukanen to really come in here hungry to steal, not steal, I, I because he's going to be given a position. Okay. But again, it, it goes back to who are the goaltenders in the minors? Well, let me ask you a more, let me ask you a bigger question since we're, I mean, we're talking locker room clean out day, but it's, it's hard to not look at what's going to happen next year. Cause it sounds like all these guys want to come back, but do you, let me ask you this. Do you think the Sabres are going to try and make the playoffs next year? I would think that that is the goal. I believe that that is the goal. You think playoffs are the goal next year, or do you think if it happens, great, it's a fluke, but it's not the goal? Like the, I, do you think no, the, I don't the, think I don't think if they make the playoffs, it's a fluke. I think if they make the playoffs, what 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 Buffalo Sabers have going for them that 
a team like Tampa Bay does not have going for them is Tampa Bay is at their peak. They're at their pinnacle and they're only going to be going down. Okay. That's the way Steve Scamkos is going down in his career. He's not going up and, and, and players on that team are starting to age. They've played a lot of hockey in the last number of years. They're going to start to go down where we have players right now. Peyton Krebs is nowhere near where he's going to be in a couple of years from now. And Dylan Cousins is the same thing. And Owen Power and Rasmus Dahlin is nowhere close to where he's going to be. These players are going to continue to get stronger in the gym where Steve Stamkos is not going to get stronger. He's not going to get stronger. He's not going to get faster. He's going to try and work in the gym to maintain what he has. Okay. That's the way, that's the way things are going to go. Ryan McDonough, incredible defenseman, Zach Bogosian, a real strong defenseman. These guys careers are, their trajectory is starting to go down now. Well, Buffalo Sabres, their entire team, Alex Tuck is 25, uh, Middlestat 23, you know, even Anders Bjork, uh, uh, Tage Thompson, Cousins, Asplin, all these guys, their trajectory is going up. They're going to get stronger. They're going to get faster. They're going to be more confident. And those things adding up in, in a season, we need all of our guys to, to play well. That's, I wonder if Kevin. I wonder if Kevin's playing, and you know, Kevin Adams. For those who are wondering who we're talking about, Kevin should be obvious if you if you know what we're talking about. I wonder if uh, if he's playing possum a little bit. I wonder if he knows that he could make some moves that could totally put this team over the top going into next season, or does he truly believe that staying the course? Do you know what I mean? Like, yes, but. Listen, you can stay the course. You can stay the course, but you can also tinker with your roster. You don't think that you don't think that you could advance the uh, roster here two years by a few a few key moves in the offseason? Yes, I I one hundred percent agree with that. So I don't know why they wouldn't try. Like realistically, we. And, and, then, and, you know, I could sit there and, and, and sit down with Kevin Adams and all his brass and I could give my opinion. This is just my opinion, okay? We have a top four defense core in Darlene Power, Samuelson, and Yoki Haru, okay? But we are missing defenseman number five and six. Mark Pissick, as much as he was a solid player in the room and had a solid season, I don't think he's going to be back. This is my, my thoughts. Colin Miller, I do not think he's going to be back. Um, um, will Butcher will not be back. Now, that, that brings us to Jacob Bryson, and that brings us to Casey Fitzgerald. What do they do with those two players? For me, if you want to have a winning team and both those two players can play in the NHL, Casey Fitzgerald and both Jake and Bryson can play in the National Hockey League. But on our team, on my team, they're not playing on my team. I don't need a third pairing five foot nine defenseman. I don't take anything away. 
Casey or uh, Jacob Bryson on another. You have team you, you have your you already have though. You like Owen Power is six six, but is you know yep. your mobile defenseman. Darlene is six three. Yep. He's your mobile defenseman. Yoki yep. Harju is your mobile defenseman. You know now you got Samuelson is, is your thunder six, six foot four. Yeah. But he's but he is a incredible puck moving he's a positionally sound he's not a bone crushing defenseman he's not out there crushing guys he is a positionally sound he moves the puck he's a great defender he laid some big hits this year he laid some big hits and he will continue to be even more physical as he feels more comfortable in the league me personally you need to find some guys in the back end that are 6'4 225 pounds guys that can skate Guys that can move the puck, but guys that can defend that have physicality and nastiness where other lines do not want to play against these guys. That's the two defensemen that I'd be looking for right now to solidify the top six next year. I, I go back to, you know, an Eric Branson That advances your defense about. significantly. Significantly. Eric Branson style of defenseman who's 6'4", 220 pounds. He's a defender. He's physical. He can fight. He can stick up for his teammates. He's he's not old. He is a guy that I would be going after. His style of defenseman would be a huge addition to our back end. Okay? Um, when you look at the forward line, the forward line is going to be tinkered with. It has to be. Like Casey Middlestat should not be by any circumstances be traded in the off season because I think that you need to give him a year, a full year of him playing hockey. He was, he was injured this year, you know, a couple games. What, what is it? One game into the season, he hurt himself, was out for a while, came back, played what one game, hurt himself again. And he's, he's, he's had injuries all year, which has derailed his season. That doesn't take away from his hockey IQ, his playmaking ability. He is going to be a player. He's going to be a player and you need to give him an opportunity to see where he's going to take his game. We have three centers right now with Tage Thompson, middle stat and, and Dylan cousins. All three of those guys are, are, are fantastic centermans. So, yeah. So basically my question, my question is, you know, like why not try to advance it? And, you know, when we had Kevin on same thing, like, you know, and I, I get it. I get what they're saying. They're going to bring in Quinn next year. They're going to have Paterka, you know, Quinn, by the way, rookie of the year in the American league. How about that? Yep. Show sent out a Twitter poll about who do they, uh, who does he play with next year? A lot of people said cousins and Krebs, cousin Krebs and Quinn, the kid line. Is that a little young for you? Yep. Yeah, it is. Um, for me right now, I think, I think Thompson and Skinner are, when you look at pairings, they are going to be a pair. And, uh, you know, Alex Tuck has been on that line and played fantastic. But is Alex Tuck going to be moved to another line? And do you put Quinn up there? Do you give Quinn an opportunity to play with the top line with Skinner and, and Thompson? Are you suggest really you, you tinker with that line? You would tinker with Tuck Thompson and and um, Skinner. 
Yes. I'm not suggesting that you're wrong. Yes, I, I under- would. I understand what you're saying because you I know it, it's Quinn is a world class talent. I mean, this is a young guy that needs to be put in a position um, to have success. He needs to be put in a position to utilize his skill set, and he is skilled. He is a shooter, a scorer. Um, I think that he needs to be put in an opportunity to to be surrounded with great players, and I think Cage Thompson and Skinner would be a great fit. Do I do I think that that is a uh, uh, a for sure thing? Absolutely not, because I think Alex Tuck played exceptionally. So, what well. would your next if if that were your line, okay? And they have the players to do that, and they don't have to sign guys to do it. If that's your line next year for that, that doesn't even have to be your number one line. You could, I mean, what's your next line? Is it Cousin Krebs and Tuck? I would say um, it's a very similar line to the other line that you have. Yeah, I would say that Cousins and Krebs uh, played together quite a bit throughout the season. I thought that they played very well together. The thing with those two guys is they're both extremely young, starting to understand the league, starting to understand the pace and the speed of the game. They are only going to get better, these two guys. They are only going to get better because they're going to be more confident. They're going to work out this summer. They're going to get faster. They will get faster because they're 21 years old. They're kids. Okay, that's what these kids do when they're 21, 22, 23, 24, 25. They just get bigger, stronger, and faster. That's just what happens. Those two guys together could be a monster line. Krebs, Cousins, maybe it's Tuck. I don't know. So now you you have Tuck with. Because right now, if uh, right now, after if you're taking Tuck off that line, you better be putting him with some good players. Otherwise, I'm not suggesting that he would or should or can, but I mean, I, I would be thinking he'd be losing his shit after having the, the season that they just had with all the hype. Everybody loves that line. You take talk off that top line, fans are going to riot. No, they won't. Okay. No, they, I, I don't think they will because we do not know and understand what Jack Quinn is capable of, okay? And I think Jack Quinn is a young kid if we surround him with the right players and give him the opportunity to succeed, he's going to be in a position where we could be eyebrow raising, looking at his point totals at the end of the year. I think Craig, I respect and appreciate what you're saying. I respect everything you say all the time, but I think you're wrong with the pairing. I don't think it's Tom. I think, I think that line is a trio. I think, Thompson is a product of Tuck. Thompson's game took off when Tuck got here. Okay. So why don't we I think do this? Tuck, because I'm Tuck not even going to argue with you. Tuck, I'm not even going to argue with Tuck you. Tuck makes I agree Thompson and Skinner play faster. That's how fast he is. Okay. I'm not even going to argue with you, Petey, because I, I love the line. I think it's a number one line. Cage Thompson, Tuck, and Jeff Skinner was a number one line in the National Hockey League. But here's the thing. Teams in this league... That, are, that have number one lines have a 1B. The best teams in the league have 1B lines. And maybe that's what next year is, finding your 1B because you have your, not your 1A. Like, it's, it's evident. You've, you called it when they first were put together. But maybe that's what it is. This year, they're finding their 1B. Who knows? Who, maybe they make a I will trade. Say this, I will say this again. If your third line was Cousins, Krebs, and Quinn, because Cousins is going to be in his third year in the league. He's a strong player. He's going to be a better hockey player next year. I think Quinn is loaded with skills. Loaded. And, and Krebs 
is one hell of a playmaker. I mean, that could be. Um, is Krebs that, on the wing for you going forward? I mean, is, yes. he's a centerman yes, he too. Hundred percent. No, he's 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 going to be a winger in the National Hockey League. He's going to be a winger. The the interesting thing that Kevin Adams has to deal with is the line that he had with Casey Middlestat. He's going to be he's going to have a healthy Casey Middlestat. That's number one. Number two, Paul Hamilton said this best, and everybody needs to realize this. Casey Middlestat, when he finished his training camp this last year was the best player in training camp. He was the best player, bar none, got hurt in his first game. So my, my thing is, Casey Middlestat coming back to this team next year, he played largely with Asplin and Olofsson. For me, I don't think any one of those two players should be on the wing with Casey Middlestad. You need to make moves to surround Casey Middlestad with players that are going to make this team better. And I'm again, I will say this again. I read this online on Twitter. I cannot remember who the hell said it, but they came up with an incredible idea because in Philadelphia, Konechny is not happy. He wants out. Travis Konechny wants out. He wants a fresh start. He wants a new beginning. Well, guess what? His point totals are very similar to a a Victor Olofsson. Now, we're going to have to give more, okay, to acquire a Konechny, but Victor Olofsson is going to be a hell of a piece that's going to be going the other way. You're going to get... In Konechny, you're going to get a guy that plays with fire. He plays with jam. He can score goals. He's physical, but he's super skilled. He's, he's, he's a player that absolutely 1,000% I would be going after. And that gives you a completely different look on your second line. And if you want to call it a second line with Casey Middlestack, Konechny, and maybe it's J.J. Paterka. Those three lines are insane moving forward. All and right. you have Zamgis Gergensen and, and, and Kyla Poso. And maybe it's Rasmus Aspen playing center next year. The, the, the possibilities no for this team. No offense. But, I mean, if you're spitballing ideas, no offense to you. But I don't think Phil, I mean, you're going to have to give more for Travis Konechny than just uh, Victor Olsen. Just saying. Yes, I, and I said that. Yeah. I already said that. I Making sure. You know, listen, I, I don't we, know. I, we I, have three first-round draft picks. I was looking up Konechny in his situation. So, I mean, like. And he, what, did it, what did they say? No, I didn't. Oh, I was just like his contract status and, and all of that. I mean, like I'm just looking him up, you know, like. So he's got, he's got how many more years left on his, his contract? Three more coming up at 5.5? Five, five? Yes, three more, 5.5. 5. Interesting. I don't know if those are the moves that they're going to be looking to make. You asked the question. They have uh, three first-round picks. In fact, in fact, now, we have, now it's the next phase of the uh, waiting on the, the actual draft pick is the lottery, you know, because if it ends up in the top 10, it's forfeit. And you don't want that. 
just just a quick side note on that draft pick. Yeah. Uh, you, you don't want that to happen with the Vegas draft pick. Um, well, we're drafting nine Sabres pick. We're drafting yeah. 16, and we're going to be drafting 32. I mean, you say 32, but that's as of your prediction, which is safe. It's a, it's, it's we'll a probably safe. be picking 32. We're going to be picking 32. You're, you're definite that uh, Florida's winning the cup, eh? Has nothing to do with winning the cup. It's what they finished. They were the president's trophy winner. They were no, that's no, that's no, 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 no. It goes by seed. Stanley Cup champs get last pick. Now it goes by playoff seeding. Okay. So the top sixteen are set. So so it's still a safe pick if you're saying Florida to win the cup because that's that's what happens. That's that was the whole situation with the Vegas pick too. It could have been you know everyone thought they were going to win the cup. So I mean it could have been thirty second overall. You know what I mean? So um, I just think they're. I really do believe that that is that's the type of player that the Sabers would want. He's he's twenty five years old. He's got three more years at five and a half million dollars and he's worth every single penny of it he was a former first round draft pick for philadelphia um he's he's scored a lot of goals in this league he's put up really solid point totals and i don't even think that he's reached his potential yet so whoever said that on twitter Kudos to you because I think Travis Konechny would be a, a style of player that we would want. A little bit more fire, a little bit more jam. Guy that still can score some goals, but it's going to be it's going to be a different uh, type of player. I think he would be a monster. Here's one certainty I can tell you for the Buffalo Sabres players that their year end trip is going to have a little bit of a different feel to it. Wherever they go, they're going to go somewhere sunny. They spent the whole year in the winter. They missed the playoffs, but they finished strong. A lot of momentum. They're getting a lot of love from the media, from the fans. Yeah. It's a little bit of a different vibe around here. It's not, it's not so – it's amazing. It's not such a gloomy locker room clean-out. For a, for a team that missed the playoffs, it's shocking how positive everything is around this organization. Like night and day, one season. I can't yeah, say one year because the year ended at different – I can't tell you. Like the season ended last year later because of COVID and everything. But in one season, from season-ending meetings to season-ending meetings, I cannot get over the vibe and how much it has changed in Buffalo surrounding the Buffalo Sabres. It's, it's incredible to me. It's incredible. That's my biggest takeaway from the entire season is, you know, this was not another morbid locker room clean out it was like every single quote and interview was optimistic positive everyone had fun they saw the growth themselves within and it's just it reminds me a lot listen it reminds me a lot of my rookie year here in buffalo we had an unbelievable finish unbelievable finish so many good young players in the pipeline you know, drafted Thomas Vanek over the, I think that summer, you know, and it's like everything, you know, you had the lockout year the next year, which I think helped this team immensely because of the rules changes and everything with the no red line. But we had Danny, Drew, Palmer, Roisey, Miller, um, you know, we had good young talent, like multiple people. Finneganoff was ready to explode, and then he did. Connelly, you, know what they, you know what they missed out on, though? 
Go ahead and say it again. You had Roisy, you had Vanek, you had Pominville. What did we miss out? No, he wasn't here. So just when you lost Danny Briere, oh, and, but I'm and, talking and about Drury, Okay, and then all of a sudden the new crew came over, and now you have Vanek, um, Roisy, Pominville, Paye, MacArthur, Stafford. All of these guys, they were unbelievable players. They missed leadership. Yeah, these yeah. And guys, we had it. I'm saying, like, we, we, and guys that we acquired in 0304, like a Mike Greer, they brought in Chris Drury earlier that year in the offseason. Like, they started to build, like, Danny was developing into a leader. They brought in Teppo. You know what I mean? Like, they yep. brought in vet Tony Ludman. Okay. They brought in veteran guys. But uh, do you think that this team currently right now needs to integrate? Like when when we talk when we talk about Winnipeg Jets and we talk about a player like Mark Shifley, who is a little bit unhappy with, with where he's at. Okay, he's 29 years old. He's a point a game player over a point a game player. Would you, would you think about making a move for a Mark Shifley? And that's a definitely a conversation that we can have with Elliot. But the point I was trying to make with you was that I sense and feel that same kind of feeling Riv, like, like it's all coming together. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Kevin Adams, for the first time in his GM position, is going to have a lot of eyes on him because, you know, the easy part for Kevin Adams is to, is to sit back and allow this young group of up-and-coming players. There, You know, Kevin Adams inherited Darlene, who's a first overall pick. He inherited... Um, you know, uh, Owen Power, first overall pick. He inherited, you know, the second overall pick in in uh, uh, Samuelson. Um, Yoki Haru was a first first round draft pick, and you continue to go through the lineup. He was able to allow these guys to go through the ups and downs of an NHL season to gain gain experience, make mistakes learn from the mistakes and continue to improve. But there's got to be a point in time where I think that you need to start to integrate a certain special piece to your, your lineup. Like in, you know, when Sidney Crosby back in the day and they went through all of those draft picks, Genny Malkin was picked second overall. Then, you know, Jordan Stahl was picked, what, third overall and Sidney Crosby. It, yeah, and I know what but you're saying. Then, gonna... But then what they do after after one or two seasons, they started to get Bill Guerin, who's a 40-goal scorer. They went out and got Sergey Gonchar. They went out and got guys. Mark Recchi. Gary Roberts. They went and got guys. To surround and I, isn't Craig Anderson players. that guy? Why can't Craig Anderson play two for goalie. one? He's like goalies. What does like, that have I to mean, do with anything? Why can't he play two for one? Why like he's his veteran leadership? Like he seems like he's a. I'm not saying he has to do it night in, night out, day in, day out, every practice. But I mean, he can guide guys. Like I mean, yes, he, he can, can and he can talk to guys. Yeah, that's why. Who else is that? 
on one line we got Casey Middlestat and he's got a Victor Olson on one side and 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 uh you know uh, Erasmus Asplin on the other. You know who I'm signing And Craig? you have Dylan Cousins who's 21 years old and he's looking on his left side he's got Peyton Krebs who hasn't even played a year in the league and he's looking on the other side. You know, it's 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 a roll of the dice. Maybe Vinny Henestrosa, who who is who who had a really solid season this year. He had a really solid season, but it's I, I'm just I'm not saying that they have to do anything. I'm just saying that Kevin Adams, for the first time in his in his jamming, is gonna be able to sit down, take a real deep breath, and say, Where can I expand? on my roster that is going to make the players around these players better. It's a really good, it's a really, really good position to be in, but he's going to, he's going to have some tough decisions to make in the next year or two. And if you're a veteran player, a veteran veteran player, isn't this the type of roster that you're going to do research about and say, I think I could, I could fit in here and 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 insert my you know wisdom on these players from all my years playing in the league. Is that is that not something that you think you can? You can well, the go players and find that we're gonna player? the players that we're gonna want are are players that are hungry to win, hungry to play in the playoffs, hungry to win championships. Those are the players that you want. Um, but you know, I I, I had mentioned. You know, a Mark Shifley, who is who's been one of the top 10 centers in the National Hockey League for the past, what, eight years? It's incredible. Does he want to come to Buffalo knowing that it might be one, two, three years before they actually really become an elite team? I don't know. I don't know the person. I don't know what what his thoughts would be. But I'll tell you this. There's going to be a lot of teams this year that are in cap hell. And I mean cap hell and the sabers are not time to take advantage time to take advantage of some of these teams and they've done a really nice job of being patient with with this group and you can see the signs moving forward but it's there are some moves this year and i don't think there's a lot of them i'm going to tell you the last five six years i've been sitting here with you at the at at clean out date and i'm just sitting here as a as, as an outsider, you know, I'm just a media guy, just kind of, you know, looking at what I see. And I'm like, I could change nine guys off the team every year. This is the first year since I've been in, in media and, and, and kind of like, you know, covering the National Hockey League and covering a team like Buffalo. It's the first year that I'm that I am extremely pleased with what. Kevin Adams and his staff has built Kevin Adams, Don Granado, what they have done has been absolutely spectacular. Well, I look forward to our grades, our season ending grades from our midterm grades. It's amazing how fast time flies too, since we went back to there, but I'm just going to add one thing to, I, there's a player that I want to sign after this summer or during the summer. You're not going to like it. You ready? Nate Thompson. Zero chance. Zero chance of getting him or zero chance he plays? Zero chance zero he comes chance, like I mean, Nate Thompson should have been, been retired like three years ago. Okay. All right. It's just my opinion. You know, like, 
I'll tell you this, you know, you know, you know, a guy I would be going after who Nick Delorier. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked about going yeah. after Nick Delorier. I'm talking about those gritty veterans, like older guys, you know what I mean? That you have around the locker room to help, yep. you know, kind of, you know, his story's good. Yep. Nick Delorier has been in Buffalo before he understands Buffalo, the city, the passion. Um, but he's also, he's also been around the league. He has learned. Okay, he's learned from other cities, other being around other players. He is going to be able to, he would be able to come back here and he can play. He can play the game. He's one of the toughest guys in the league. You could sit there and throw him easily, easily in the top three toughest guys in the National Hockey League. Okay. And he's a guy that is a veteran now. He's a guy that's seen things. He's won games. He's lost games. He's been through the up downs and all arounds. And he's also a guy that knows his role to a T. And, and when I say role players, we're going to need some role players, you know, and he can skate, he can shoot, he can hit, he can play the game. I think he would be a great guy to play with uh, Gergensen and, uh, and Oposo. Before we get to RJ, we'll finish with RJ. What are we missing? What am I forgetting to ask you about the Sabres? I think we, you know, we touched on the positivity, the direction for next year, potential lines, guys that could be here. Yeah. You know, where I we think talk- the, I think the biggest thing to touch on to end this pod is, is, um, is, is my night to my last, uh, the, the last game that I went to, the last game of the season. The fans in the stands were absolutely electric. And I'm going to tell you this. I look at this. I look at that from a player's side. How important, you know, RJ is to, to this community, to the Sabres logo. He's been doing this for 50 years and he has been the greatest. And RJ And his presence filled that building on the last night. And the fans were absolutely electric. And what I love about this is these these young players that went through a tougher year because they're they're seeing an unorthodox, you know, fan base, because the Sabres fan base is usually one of the best. They are crazy. I hated when I was with Montreal. I hated coming to Buffalo. The fans were loud. They were electric. They were into the game. They were screaming and yelling. And it is like having another player. The, the players always say this, the old cliche, right? It's like having another player on the ice. You have no idea what the fans do to the team. And at the start of the year, lowest attendance in the National Hockey League. And the team played like it. And near the end of the year, and how this team started to come together, and RJ night, and the last night of the year, and the Jack Eichel night, and the and Toronto Maple Leafs coming to town, those big, huge games, these young players, these players pulled together and won huge games this year. And I'm just, I'm just, you know, I'm happy. I'm happy for this fan base. I'm happy for this group of players that have now found the chemistry that we, we've all talked about. And 
people are like, well, I don't even understand what chemistry means. Why can't Jack Eichel galvanize the group? Why can't wrist on the line and galvanize this group? Because you're trying to fit a square peg in a circle. And it just did not work. And now, now you've got the pieces that are all coming together. And it's, it's awesome to see. I got home. I couldn't be at the game Friday night. And I got home and I, you know, like I, I recorded the game and I, I wanted to watch it from start to finish, but I just, I couldn't, I could, I, 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 I couldn't, um, just do it knowing that it was going on live. So I fast forward and I, I started like basically the third period and, you know, I just, I wanted to make sure that I, I heard RJ's last period his you know, however he called, I'm, I, I can't believe like, you know, it's and and in not a cheesy way like it's like oh it was meant to be it's just so it was so fitting that the game went to overtime it was so fitting that he had to work overtime on his last day of work you know and then it was so fitting that the sabers won and he got to call that iconic call it's just it was so fitting it was it was actually perfect it was a it was a perfect ending for such an unbelievable story I mean, he's been a story. The guy, yeah. if, like he is, he is a sports figure, okay? Not just in Buffalo. He is a sports figure. I mean, there are players in other sports that just if they're hockey fans, if you're a hockey fan, you've heard an RJ call somewhere, somewhere yeah. along the line. So that, you know, that being said. I think there's going to be a statue outside that building someday. There should be. The great because point. I'm going to tell you right now, the generations upon generations are going to be taking their young kids or teenage kids to the game and the de- and the kids going to look up and say who's this guy dad did he play no that guy was bigger than the players yeah they've got he, 51 years of rj calls that's to go right. listen to that's right and you know what that the, that son and that mother or that that father and mother are going to explain to their young kids who rj who Rick Jenner Red is. And those kids are going to grow up and they're going to they're going to say the same things to their kids and I I I believe that uh no is, no like more a, fitting around here he's like a Foster Hewitt type name. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's, right. it's like it's his voice is the is the voice of the Sabers and and will pretty much, you know, that will live for a long time. His sign off was amazing. Yes. His final sign off I can't imagine his emotion, the, like how hard that must have been, the preparation for it. Um, like, w- because we talked about it a little bit before our uh, Friday, you know, on our show and or our last show, whenever it was. And it, it, that's a monumental moment. Like, that's monumental. Rick Jenneret calling his last game. Like, I couldn't think of anywhere else I should have been than on my sofa watching him call his last play. I just, that's where, I mean, that's where I knew all law, all year long where I was going to be on that last, last call because I wanted to see it on TV because that's where we know when you're at the game, you don't hear RJ, you know, but, but what they did after they played it for the fans in the arena and they all stayed around and they all called for him. He went down to the ice all of his his work colleagues and friends were down on the ice all the way off the ice like 
I mean, it was, it was, a it was a, a night that I needed to see. I needed mm-hmm. to see that it was, that was must see TV for me. And I don't say that about many things. I DVR shit and I forget about it. I'm like, I went yeah. through my DVR the other day to delete stuff. I'm like, I forgot. I even recorded that. That was something that I knew. I may not have seen the start of the game. I may not have seen the, the middle of the game, but I knew that I would see the third period because I knew my schedule and I knew that I would be home by this time to sit there and hear him call. And I'm so happy that I was. So I will and, say, I will say this, Petey. You know, I played, uh, I played a really long, long time. It's, it's a long time when you, when you play that many years in the NHL, I can tell you this, that there are games to me that stick out to me like a sore thumb. And I will say that my first game, um, I'll never forget it. Um, I got called up to the Montreal Canadians and jumped on the ice while the team was already halfway through their warmup. Okay. And my legs, I can still remember this. There was quite a jump. There was quite a, uh, um, the depth between the ice and, and, and where I was stepping onto the ice. And I remember my legs were like jelly. I have never been so nervous in all of the years I have done anything in life. I'll never forget jumping on the ice and almost buckling my legs because they were so, I was so nervous. So first game. I remember Brian Savage in LA, one of my best friends in, in the national hockey league, uh, broke his neck, um, from a hit. I remember, uh, being on the ice and, uh, I remember seeing him wheeled off in the stretcher and, and went to the hospital. I'll never forget that game to me. It's, uh, I I've got, uh, I've got, I've got goosebumps. Um, I'll never forget the Trent McCleary. Uh, situation where Trent McCleary um, was playing on my team, Montreal took a slap shot to the throat and, and watching that situation transpire and watching him pass out at the doors of the, of the Montreal bench. And uh, I remember that. I also remember Sakakoivu coming back from, from cancer and uh, seeing Saku go through the whole entire process, the months and months and months of chemo, and seeing him at his lowest, um, it's, to me, absolutely mind-boggling that he came back and played, okay? And to see him step on the ice and be a part of that game and being a part of the fans, literally have a standing ovation for 10, 15 minutes. They would not sit down. We could not start the game because they were, they were showing their appreciation for Saku. And the last one that I remember is the plane crash night. Um, I remember being in the room with, uh, with the, with the team. It was probably an hour before we were supposed to play. And we still did not know if we were going to play the game that night. We were all in shock. We were all uh, sick to our stomachs. It hit close to home because most of us lived right in the area where the plane crashed and waiting on Lindy Ruff come in to tell us that, you know what, we are going to get through this and we are going to play tonight. And a lot of us uh, had mixed emotions on that, but we went out and we played. That game was against my former team, the San Jose Sharks. And I remember the call 
that RJ had when I assisted on one of the goals that Jason Pominville scored with like three seconds left in the game to tie the game. I can still remember RJ saying, Craig Reve, Craig Reve, captain strikes gold. And I'll never forget that because the emotion of that night, it wasn't really about hockey. We talked about that so many times. It was not about hockey. It was about it was about that city. It was about our city coming together on such a, a difficult, very, very difficult night. And uh, I'll never forget that call. I appreciate and thank RJ. I, I can't, no words can describe because I'll always have him calling that goal. So, yeah, so. that's cool. That's a, that was, what a cool moment. I remember that. I remember that. Well said. Well said. Well, you know what? All errors, everything, all good things come to an end, as I think they say. And RJ is one of the greatest of all time. I will say this, though. Dan Dunleavy calls a hell of a hockey game. And, you know, here's to Dan and, and his future and the next uh, the next path to greatness with the, with the Buffalo Sabres. I will say this, though. If the Sabres do creep into the playoffs next year, do you bring RJ back to call one of the games? I would think so. If if, if I mean, he's willing a, to, I think that that would be uh, that that would be a treat. And I think uh, you know Dan Dunleavy. Let's just give him some props. I mean, he is a rock star. Dan Dunleavy is unbelievable, and he is he's incredible in his own right. Um, you know, it's very difficult. It's very difficult. It's got to be um, very tough to be able to follow a legend like you know um, Rick Jenneret, but. Uh, Dan Dunleavy has done an absolute marvelous job of calling games. He has his own voice. He has his own style. I think he is absolutely incredible, and we're gonna be uh, we're gonna be happy fans listening to games um, for 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 years and years to come. So I'm I'm you know I can't wait to listen to the you know what Dan is gonna build. Yeah, and they've done a good job, kind of slowly bringing him in that that transition from uh, RJ to Dan. So Dan's been able to find his game and he, he calls a great game and we're big fans of Dan Dunleavy. So lay off him. All right, let's get to Elliot Friedman. He's uh, chomping at the bit. We're going to do playoff predictions with him and uh, we'll talk some Sabre stuff too. Craig's got some, some uh, trade ideas. Oh, hold on, Craig. What do I got to do? I got to start the clock. I got to start the timer. 30 minutes with playoff Elliot. Here yeah. we go. What? We're down to 28 now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, that's, that's your fault. Craig was trying to figure out the stall family career earnings in the NHL. Do we have an, uh, an official figure? It's lots. Just put it that it sounded way. sounded like you were at about $220 million from what you were talking about. Though. Yeah. Yeah. Somewhere around there. Not too shabby. No, we live on that. Stall, stall Industries. I told this story on on live air once when we had Eric Stahl on our old show. I told him, I said, I remember lining up beside him at a face-off, Elliot, and I said, your parents should have had more kids. <laughs> and, he, and he chuckled. And then I, I asked him if he remembered. He said, yeah, yeah, I, I remember you said something to me about my parents and, ha- and more kids and whatever. Yeah. He, <laughs> so he actually recalled that, which just proved that it, my story wasn't bullshit. Uh, what are you pumping this week on 32 Thoughts, Mr. 32? And I feel bad, Elliot, every time you come on. Mm-hmm. It's almost like I forget. It's like I assume that everybody listening, you know, knows everything that's going on with you. But 32 Thoughts, check it out. 
What are you guys uh, this week? I didn't, you know, I'm not writing one this week. I write one in that next at the end of the first round. Okay. So that'll be the next one. But we put out a podcast today where we talked about, you know, some of the big stories, Jets. Um, you know, uh, I think that's going to be a big one over the next couple of days. And uh, also uh, Provorov and playoffs. So when you say Jets, are you talking management? Do they make changes up top? Do they make changes to their team? I think that uh, what's I think there's going to be changes to the team. It sounds like they Ken Weeb, who works with us, he's our Winnipeg-based reporter, reported yesterday that Kevin Shoveldayoff has a new three-year deal as GM. Um, so he's staying. I, I, we are expecting a coaching change. They had an interim this year, Dave Lowry, and we're going to have. I, I think there will be changes. Like Mark Shifley basically came out yesterday and said he's thinking about asking for a, a, a deal if he doesn't like the direction of the franchise. And I don't think he's the only one. I think there's several players there contemplating their future. And I think, but the key thing there is, as you guys know, sometimes a player asks for a trade and, and the team says, forget that. We're not doing that. I think this is a case where the management says, yes, we do think that we need to make some changes. Wow. Where's Mark Shifley from? Is he uh He's from Toronto. It's Toronto area guy. Yeah. He's a Barry Colt. Wasn't he a Barry yes, Colt? He was a Barry Colt. So Barry is pretty close to Buffalo. Yes, <laughs> no, he's not he, from Barry though. Yeah. <laughs> Just saying, Petey. <laughs> Bringing him he's from Kitchener, Ontario. Yeah, he's he's from he's a GTA guy. So you're saying there's there's a chance. Oh, all the people from Kitchener are going to kill me from for saying he's a GTA guy. No, he's not GTA. He's from Kitchener. That's true. That is, you know what? I played for the Kitchener Rangers, and I know that to be true. They don't. Well, my grandmother lived there after she came to Canada, so I, I know the area. I particularly insulted them, right? Now. I I love I love Kitchener Waterloo, but let's. Very but I don't I don't want to sidetrack on Kitchener. It's fantastic. I loved it there my one year. Go ahead, Riv. I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying, but is it too soon to start talking about that though? Because no. we got. It's not, eh? Once Ooh. the once the player puts it out there, it's out there. Now, look, I don't think anything's going to happen in the short term because you know you, you have to wait and see what your full market is. But just to I, be clear, can non playoff teams trade right now? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh. Oh yeah. Sure you can. Interesting. Interesting. All right. Okay. Well, so we'll, stuff, we'll keep an eye on. If I'm just going to throw something out there right now, Elliot. Yeah. <laughs> Is that a possibility? What that What's Kevin that? Adams would be would be uh, you know rumbling around in? Well, look like like what do you like say? I, I think excuse me, I, I get my tongue. Sabers, okay. What are we thinking? Number one, what's your future and goal? Ukapekalukan and just went down yeah, again. Yeah, hurt. Yeah, or like the fiftieth time. I and by the way, you know, like that was one of the things I questioned about him. So what are they doing in gold? They're going to bring back Anderson for if like he, four million because they're how? What's the cap situation with the floor? Like, also, there's a question I want I want to ask later. Yeah, but, you got to hit the floor, but I, I don't worry about that. You can always okay. you can always hit the floor. Okay, so Anderson. Do we, know, and, do we know? Do we know that Anderson's coming back? No. No. Okay. So for the first thing you're going to do is you're going to wait for him to make up his mind. You're going to say, look, we just need to know before free agency, right? Uh, or the draft in case they have to go out and get somebody. And that's, you know, that's two months away. So that's, that's three months away. So that that's plenty of time for, you know, Anderson to make, uh, wait, so what month are we in? May. Sorry, it's two months away. So, you know, it's, it's plenty of time for Anderson to make up his mind and he's earned the right 
and he's done such a great job for you that you're going to give him time. Um, you know, other than that, like, what, like, now, do you guys still think you need another player to play with power? Yes. Okay, so you're looking for a D to play with power. Yep. Now, what do you guys think you need up front? Uh, a couple tough guys. Sorry to say that for openers, but yeah, top, a couple tough guys and maybe like a, a, a definite 100% second line center. Well, the thing about Shifley, I like. Greg, agree or disagree? Sorry, I, I, I didn't want to just answer Elliot. So my well, apologies. Go ahead. You know what? I mean, before Elliot goes, like, so what you're saying is we need we need to address a little bit of uh, of toughness on our team. Um, the game is just, it, it's not tough anymore. And, and I believe, and you watched the last two and a half months of the Sabre season, mm-hmm. they stuck up for each other. It, mm-hmm. It's like they were there for each other. They don't need to be out fighting and I'd rather have more skilled players. Would I like, um, maybe some tinkering around with our roster? And I read, I read the other day, Elliot, I read the other day. Uh, I can't remember uh, who it was, or because I'd give them the I'd give them the props. But um, someone had spoke about you know a, a player like um, Konechny from from Philadelphia is is a little bit um, you know not happy with the situation there. He's on long term contract, making five and a half million dollars. We have Victor Olafson, who we have to sign. That's probably going to cost us a you know a fair amount of money. Is there is there a deal that can be made with someone like that? He is a different style than a Victor Olson. Victor Olson, probably a more skilled hockey player, has a power play, you know, world league shot. But Travis Konechny adds that 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 missile that the way he plays the game. I'm I'm looking to change a little tinker mm-hmm. around with the roster in trying to make make the team better. Um, that's right, what do you got? I'm what do you got, Elliot? What, what well, you- well, the thing is, like, I, I, I agree with what you guys are saying. I, I think the other thing that you guys have to be very careful with is what's the personality of the player that you guys bring in? Like, like I, I agree with you, Craig. Like, this team really looks like it gets along. They really yes, stuck up for each other. So. They played hard for each other. They, 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 you know, like, like that game, the outdoor game in, against Toronto when – like they stuck up for each other at the end of that game. And, and that wasn't the only game that they did. So that's the other thing I'm looking at here. If I'm Adams is that, is that you got to make sure the personnel you bring in is a personnel that's going to fit with what you got. You don't disrupt what you have. Now, the thing about Shifley, a guy like him is, you know, your organization has said we have a path and we're not veering from that path. You're going to have to give up a lot to get Shifley, who's got two years left under contract. Yeah. Do you see Kevin at a Adams very doing? reasonable price? But it's, it's it's a great contract. Like yes. If if I'm a team that needs a center for the next two years, I, I'm going after Shifley. I think he's going. How old is Shifley again? How old is twenty nine? Twenty nine. Okay, so Middlestad. How far is Winnipeg from from Minnesota? By the way, isn't Middlestad a Minnesota yeah, they're right, kid? They're right next to each other. Yeah, I know, but how far? What's the actual drive time? Because you got to factor in border and stuff too. Oh, it's not far. Like that's not a problem. Okay, like, so middle stat to Winnipeg. Look at guys that stayed in Winnipeg: Wheeler, uh, Bufflin. Like okay. that's that's what it was. Okay, so so middle stat and a couple of those first round picks this year is that too I'll, much? I'll, how about this, Elliot? 
if there's a team in the National Hockey League right now that is on the up and coming, okay, with the defense core, yeah. you know, with a power and the Darlene and the Samuelson, the Yoki Haru, need to tinker around, I think, maybe with um, maybe one or two defensemen on the back end. Um, the oh, your number, line. whatever that was about Buffalo in your 32 thoughts last week about the defense, Elliot. Oh, yeah, the people saw them play and they were like, that's going to be a real problem for others. Yeah. Dalian, yes. Power, yes. Samuels. I mean, and, and we're, we're he talking. He wasn't as crazy about Yokoharu, but he said he's a, he's a good fit with those other guys. Interesting. You know? and, and someone I talked to as well that has been talking about their D that's in the league as well. Maybe we're even talking the same person, Elliot. But. <laughs> But, well, not I in this really, regard. I really they actually, hope we don't have the same social circles, Andrew. I I, you know what? I kind of, you know what? For You don't, I do. That's <laughs> okay. I love that. No, but uh, they they said Yoki Harju, and I'm not saying you're wrong. Or I'm not saying you're, but they feel differently about Yoki Harju. They yeah. feel like, they feel like he is like under, under, underrated in this league. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I don't, I can't, I can't tell you if he is or isn't, but that's all I'm just telling you. That would be better for Riv. But yeah, but I saw your thing about that. Sorry, totally derailed you guys. Riv, by the way, I got to just let you know, we are down to, uh, we got 19 minutes and 27 seconds with Elliot here. <laughs> no, it's a hard third. No, Elliot, we're not screwing around. We kept you for a week, uh, an hour last week, and this was a message to us, Craig. It wasn't playoff time. It's simply the fact, he's like, I don't want these assholes keeping no, me for no, an extra playoff 45 time, minutes. I, I try to manage my time. Yeah, well. yeah, yeah. And we'll, uh, hear you for, we'll hear you for an hour later on somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you won't. I can assure you about that. Only on a, our, the podcast we do. I'm, um, I'm just going to say this, Elliot. You know, um, Mark Shifley is, and, and I, I think that you would probably know the individual player mm-hmm. uh, more than than what I would. I, I'm only going to use that. Um, I'm only going to use what I've seen in interviews and just for years and years of listening to him speak um, on in good situations, bad situations. He is literally a rock star. That's just my impression of the kid. I think he's a super hockey nerd where he loves hockey. He lives, breathes, eats hockey. This is his, this is his life. Um, I don't think he's uh, a big partier type guy. I think that he loves the game and wants to find a way to win. And I just look at, you know, the, the culture that has been built in, in basically half a year since Tuck and, and Krebs and Samuelson and all these guys got integrated into the lineup. I think Shifley would be an incredible uh, addition. And, and here's, here's, I think the Buffalo Sabres are the one team in the league that could put together a major package for a player like Mark Shifley. That's what I believe. I think that we have a lot of ammunition. We have three first-round draft picks. We've got multiple uh, prospects that are still up and coming. We've got goaltenders. We've got defense. Um, I think that we have a lot to offer. And... You know, if there's one team in the league that could put a package together, it'd be Buffalo. You know, Craig, I don't disagree with anything you said. I, I think you're totally right. What my issue is, is that um, I, I would say, does it make sense for Buffalo to, does it make sense for Buffalo to do that for a guy who's only under contract for two years? 
Like your window is just opening, right? And to be honest, it's probably not even there yet. But yeah. you're you're starting to see what you've got here, and you're building together with this. It group. sounds like you're skeptical. It sounds like it, Elliot, you have reason I to just, feel like I that. Just don't, that I just don't know that. Like, do you knowing Kevin Adams and Jason Carmanos and their plan the way you guys do? Do you see them paying what it's going to pay to get a guy who's only under contract for two more years? Uh, after having Kevin, that. after I'll, I'll say this, Elliot, and this is going to upset Craig, but he has a sinus infection today, and maybe that's why we're he's he's saying what he's saying. But after Kevin Adams came on this show, uh, basically we asked him that about building the team toward the playoffs, and he he didn't directly say it, but the way I interpreted it was, no, we're going to stay the course if we miss the playoffs again next year. We're going to have Quinn in here. We're going to have Paterka. These younger guys own power. They're going to be getting experience on a better team. And if they make it, you know, like it just doesn't sound like they're going to be making trades right now to go and try and bolster the roster. I think they're going to wait one more year. That's what I think personally. And yeah, that's the, and, and it is like, and so that's why I don't know why Craig is so adamant about Shifley because maybe you go after him in two years. He is a number you, one center. He's oh a God, number one still, center. Still going fifteen forty with Elliot. He's a number one center. He is the 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 type of person that you would want to integrate into a, a young up and coming group. I think he would be a, a massive massive addition. I look back to you know the the Chicago Blackhawks back in the day. You have that young whippersnapper in uh, Patrick Kane. You have this uh, legendary young leader that, you know, acted like he was 35, but he was only 19. And who did they go out and get? They started to, they started to put elite players around these guys, guys like Marion Hosa. Okay. Mm -hmm. Guys like Patrick Sharp, who's a 30 goal store in Philadelphia. They started to put guys around these guys to not only make these guys more comfortable and, 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 put them with certain leaders, but put them with great players. You're yeah. talking about building a team. Elliot, stop shaking your head when he, spe when he speaks. All right. No, you know, not, shaking your no. head. You're nodding your head. Yes. And I'm just kind of like, Oh, yeah. this is going backwards. Yeah, no, I, I think he's right. But that's the thing. Like who's the, that's the, it is a great question. Cause you, you're looking at contracts, right? You know, you're going to have to, in two years, you're going to have to extend Dully. And that's going to be a big number. Owen Power, when it's time, and that's two years away, it's going to be a big number. It's going to be yeah. like a Shabbat type deal, probably. Yeah, that, that's a big. It could be even bigger by then. I mean, who yeah, knows? by like, then, yeah. If this guy is as good as as he looks, guys, he's he's a superstar. He's a he, he's a franchise cornerstone. Um, you know. Up front, I'm, I'm looking at it. Is right. that the buzz, Elliot? Is that the oh, buzz yeah. around the league? Like he's oh, a yeah. franchise with the, with the, what he's shown in the short time. Yeah. Yeah, he's a, he's, a, he's a franchise. Like, look, all your big deals are up in two years. Um, it's – I look at them. Darlene, two more years. Uh, Power, two more years. Tage Thompson, two more years. Um, does Tage you know, like, Thompson, um, get, cause he has one more year at 1.4. Oh, sorry. Excuse right. me. One more year. I apologize. Yep. He yes. has one more year at one, four. He's 24 years old. Do you re up Tage Thompson right now and get him off the books? Have you, well, you seen enough from Tage Thompson to be able to say, 
I can buy into this guy for six more years. Yeah. I, I you know, like the thing is, the, the one thing I would always say to that, Craig, is that your organization knows him best, right? Yeah. And so nobody is in a better position this summer to say, we're taking our, we're going to try to wrap up Tage Thompson. So I think that comes down to what does Kevin Adams think? All right. Um, Let's move along here because there's some other. We want to talk some playoffs with you, Craig. We can talk more Sabres with uh, Elliot. Elliot, last thing I'll ask you: Do you know if the Sabres are going to be making deals or what? Uh, like trades this off season? Yeah. Oh, I, I think they'll be looking at some okay. things. Absolutely, right. I, I do. Like Something I said, like, like who's who's their who's partners who's Powers partner. Okay, that's and they've that's a hint, to... Craig. That is a hint. He has information. That is our focus. No, no. Oh, yes, yes. come on, no, Elliot. No. I can read between the lines. All right, listen. I sent out a Twitter poll today from the show account, mm-hmm. and it said, "What's more impressive, Matthews at sixty goals at twenty four, or Ovechkin at fifty goals at thirty six? By the way, they're both born September seventeenth. Did you know that, Elliot?" No, I, I did. They have the that. same friggin' birthday. I probably did, but I forgot. Uh, anyway. I think 60 goals is always the best thing. No way. Come on, Elliot. Are you ki- <laughs> Oh my god. Okay, I didn't want to I didn't want to argue with Elliot. But like holy you shit. Balls. You used to argue with me all the time. Elliot, I love it. It's like I'm trying not to. What was that like question? That was a terrible question. And then Petey gives me <laughs> shit after we get off the show. He's like, again, you can't argue with Elliot. Like, sure you can. <laughs> Like Ovi scored. I never goals. said that, by the way. I never said that. I said that was amazing. No, I, 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 oh I got to sixty goals. We've. I understand that Ovi's a hell of a player, but we've seen sixty goals. We've seen sixty goals twice in twenty six years, Craig. Three times. <laughs> Craig just gives three, you the point. Three, three times now. So uh, excuse me. I know, but I just, I think, I, I think, you know, Alex Ovechkin came into this league at 19 years old. He's now 36 years old and he came into the league and he scored 52 goals. If I, I think, um, you know, followed it up with like a 45 and then went to a 65. And I mean, he has not stopped scoring goals. It is just, he, he is, he is superhuman. Like, 36 years old. I remember because I retired at, at 36 and I remember what my body felt like. I really want, I love the game of hockey. And, and he I plays friggin' hard. He plays like a, a freight train yes, right? he and does. he plays a lot of minutes. Um, he works hard. He, he throws his body all over the place and he's scoring 50 goals. I, I, I can't, I can't get it around my head, you know, like Austin Matthews, is is coming into his prime. Usually young forwards in the National Hockey League are in their prime around 20, 23 to 27 is usually kind of like the area. Mm-hmm. And he's in his prime right now. And I just look at Alex Ovechkin. I'll be impressed when Austin Matthews, if he plays to 36, mm-hmm. if he scores 50, then he'll get he'll get the kudos too. Because, you know, to play this game so long and all the being beat up, I don't know. I, I just, I'm going with the old guy on this. You know, like, I can't argue with that. Like, too many people take it like, oh, you don't pick my guy. Like, you hate my guy or you're negative yeah. on my guy. No, I mean, they're both incredible things. I just look at 60 goals has been scored three times in 26 years. The other thing, too, 
Craig, is that Matthews didn't play 82 games. Yes. You know, he scored his... How many games did he play? I'm just checking now. He, he missed scored, six, didn't he? Uh, I'm just double-checking how many he played this year because I don't want to say it wrong. But he only had... He, like, played, he, seven, he played 73. He missed. He scored 60 he goals in 73 games. And he so only he had... JR games. pointed yeah. out last week, he only had one or two goals in his first, like, seven or eight games. Yeah, he started, he started slow. And it's like Marner. Marner was, I think, 95th in the league in scoring on... On uh, January 1st, he finished in the top five. Yeah. So I, 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 that's the other thing I love about it, Rivers, is he scored 60 goals in 73 games. Yeah. Like that's, yeah. That's is he going to be our first 70-goal scorer? When's the last time someone scored 70? It was Brett Hall, I think. Most it was, likely. Uh, yeah, I'll tell, I'll tell you exactly, but I think the last, uh, the last one was Brett Hall. To score 70 goals in this league nowadays – with how, or maybe it how was great and, the uh, oh, it might have been McGillney. Maybe it yeah. was McGillney and uh, yeah, Hull ninety ninety one, McGillney ninety two ninety three, Solani ninety two ninety three, yeah, Hull ninety one ninety two. So it was Solani and McGillney. Okay, yeah, I mean the 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 goaltenders McGillney who should be in the today Hall of Fame, are by the way yes oh, yes, yes he yes. should we've beaten that. Uh, but I, I, mean, do, I do think Matthews will score 70, yes, at some point. All right. Um, I don't disagree with either one of you. I want to, do, I want to get your playoff predictions. I mean, sure. uh, like uh, obviously they start tonight, which I think is unbelievable. That's uh, awesome. I'm really that reminds me, I've got to do my work playoff predictions too. Well, that's good. We'll help prime you up here. We'll okay. prime you up. We'll get, your, we'll get your first picks right here. Hurricanes, Bruins, who do you have? We're getting Elliott's first picks here. Uh, Boston. I'm just worried about Carolina's goaltender. Okay. That quick. Craig, you got anything to add? Boston. Really? Yeah. They, you know, listen, I love Carolina. Amazing. I think they're extremely well coached. Yeah, they, have I like a, Carolina they don't have any too. superstars except for Ajo, but they play very well together. But I just think that Boston has a team that is the worst team for Carolina to play against, and they lost their goaltender, Freddie Anderson, so I'm going to go with Boston. I'm going to do the next one last intentionally in the East anyway. Rangers, Penguins. Uh, I like the Rangers. Craig? I'm taking the Rangers. By the way, I by the way, I'm going Hurricanes in the first one. I don't know how you go wrong. I guess I can throw my pick in there too. I'm going Rangers on this one. Riv, Riv what about you? I'm going to go with the Rangers. I think they're hungrier. I think they have the offense to compete against Pittsburgh. I think uh, the Rangers have a better defense core, and they have the arguably the best goaltender in the world right now. It's a it's a Sirkin, Shirkin, whatever his name is. Shirkin. Yeah, that guy. Shirkin. Panthers. Capitals. Uh, Panthers, Capitals. I got the I got the Panthers. I don't I don't like the Capitals right now. I I'll tell I'm you right now, I don't. With them. I cannot believe that you even had to think about that, Elliot. Yeah. Panthers all the way. Oh my lord, these guys are stacked, Elliot. I went down to Florida. I watched a couple games in uh, in the uh, in their arena. What an atmosphere! Holy jumping! This team, they're going to win the cup. I don't know. Look, I think the Capitals are a sleeper, but I'm going with the Panthers, but I think the Capitals are a sleeper. By the way, we have... There's no sleeper uh, here, man. We have like... Four straight. We have like four more minutes with Elliot here. 
by the way, we're keeping okay. track of time. Last one in the East. I should, this is the second, obviously the second one we should have talked about, but it, I wanted to save it last. Leafs, Lightning. I, I don't pick against the Lightning. I don't. I think they're too good. I think this is going to be a great series. I just, I don't pick against the Lightning. Does that worry you at all to say that with where you live? No, because Leaf fans are all defeatist anyway. <laughs> uh, look, I, like honestly, I think the Leafs are a hell of a team. They finished fourth in the league this year, and your reward is the two-time defending Stanley Cup champion with the best player in the playoffs, Vasilevsky. It's tough. It's so tough Toronto play. finished fourth, eh? Yeah. What did Tampa Bay finish? Uh, I'll tell you right now. Toronto's one of four teams with a 700 winning percentage. They were 701. Tampa was in the league. They were eighth. 51 wins, 110 points, and Toronto Maple Leafs have to play the two-time defending Stanley Cup champs that are absolutely loaded. And the best player in the playoffs, Vasilevsky. Steve Stankos is absolutely drinking out of the fountain of youth. You know, Kucherov, their defense core, I watched them against Florida, play in Florida. This mm-hmm. is a rock star team. They're loaded. They have, they have horses they have, on the back end. This is the most dangerous team that is not going to win the Stanley Cup. All right. Because Florida is. <laughs> okay. But who are you taking in this series? You're taking Tampa? <sighs> feel so bad for Toronto. I really do. But Tampa is a monster. I'm going with the team that I want to win in this series. So I'm going to go with the Leafs. Like, I want them to win. I don't know if they will, but I really do want them to win. They won't. Okay. Well, I'm going to go for Toronto. They deserve it. Okay, let's go to the West. We only have about a minute here, Riff. We got 30 minutes with Elliot. Should be 32 minutes with Elliot. But anyway, uh, Wild Blues. Oh, what a series. Minnesota. Better goaltending. I'm going with the Blues. Uh, I don't know if you guys uh, were watching the Blues the last like month and a half, but they were scoring an insane amount of goals. And uh, I just think that uh, they have that young goaltender. I don't even know his name. His name's not Bennington, the other one. Huso. He's yeah. unbelievable, and uh, he, he's going to do some special things in the playoffs. Okay. All right, I'll take the wild. That one goes either way, either yep. way. Yeah. Kings, way. Oilers. Edmonton. Okay, I'm going to take Edmonton as well. Riv? Mm. What a turnaround, eh, Elliot? What a turnaround for that team. Who yeah. knew Evander Kane would be one of the best sneaky signings of the season? He's had a great year. Great yep. year. Yep. Yeah, I'm going to go with, uh, I'm gonna go with uh, Edmonton oh. on that. Okay, let's finish off the play. Let's go. Hurry let's up. That's it. Time. The time is up. The time is up. Let's, okay. Hold on. We're going to go a little overtime here. Quickly, Riv, keep your mouth shut. Avalanche Predators. You know, I, I really wish Saros was healthy because I really think Nashville could give Colorado a series if he was. Uh, Colorado. Okay. Quickly, Colorado. Craig, no one, no one, Colorado. Okay, Colorado. And Stars, Flames. I just don't think Dallas has enough scoring, so I'm going Calgary. 100% Calgary. All right. I will 100%. take Calgary. That's an easy one. Thanks for your time, Elliot. That's a wrap on another episode of After the Whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, After the Whistle, and at Craig Revey 52 at The Instigator 76 
And you can find us, as you already know, on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, and anywhere else where you can get your podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word.